fruits and vegetables are integral to any healthy diet. But why do so few Americans actually eat the recommended servings of produce every day? Because it can be difficult to prepare that much produce daily. Even processes like juicing leave out pulp and other parts of the produce that are dense in nutrients you need to stay healthy. Balance of Nature is the best way you can get all of the recommended servings of fruits and vegetables every day without eating a mountain of produce. By taking Balance of Nature, you are giving your body all the nutrients it needs to increase your cell's vitality. Get the nutrition that can only be found in whole, natural fruits and vegetables by calling one 800 246 right now. And don't forget to get 35% off your first order as a preferred customer by using discount code KATE. Do not listen to this show. The truth can be scary. The Kate Daly Show starts now. The waste. And what I mean by that, it's an opportunity to do things that you think you could not do before. The, the way we're going to win over the long term is not just militarily. We've got to give them a stake in creating the kind of uh, uh, world order. We have before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations a new world order. A world where the rule of law, not the law of the jungle, governs the conduct of nations. When we are successful, and we will be, we have a real chance at this new world order an order in which a credible United Nations can use its peacekeeping role to fulfill the promise and vision of the UN's founders. After 1989, President Bush kept said, and it's a phrase that I often use myself, that we needed a new world order, and instead it looks like we got a lot of disorder. Well, hi there. Welcome, Kate Daly Show. All righty. So when uh, you were listening to all the creepy voices talking about of the presidents talking about the new world order, they weren't shy about it. And I wanted to just before we get going with Melissa. Hi, Melissa. How are you? Hi, Melissa. How are you? I am good. Excellent. I just wanted to say, when George Senior was saying law of the jungle, we don't want law of the jungle. We want order. He was saying law of the jungle is you and I having the liberty to make our own choices. You and I being able to do what we wish to do to pursue our happiness, as in the Declaration of Independence. So when he's talking about that, I just wanted, I just, I just wanted to, let me, let me play this again. Here you go. A new world order, a world where the rule of law, not the law of the jungle, governs the conduct of nations. Yeah. Governs the conduct of nations. So a control point at the nation, um, you know, to control all the nations and what they're going to do. See, do you realize, and I don't know if you realize this back when he was president, um, but he was probably the worst abuser of liberty. He was the worst abuser. Uh, George Senior. Yep. Uh, the Bush family. Worst worst, worst that we ever had. I don't care if you're a Republican and you put them on some kind of holy altar, um, the Bushes, but the Bushes are very scary to me because people don't understand them. They don't understand where they got, where they uh, came from. They don't understand their story and they don't understand how they profited off the wars personally and how they, uh, how he was more or less one of the ringleaders they counted on for the new world order. And so he never, ever talked about America and our constitution. If you remember, right. He talked about, we need order for the nations. 
you know, UN. And we also are against law of the jungle because that's how they perceive liberty. That's law of the jungle to them. And so I just kind of wanted to say that again so that people understand that the Bushes are not your friends and they have wreaked more havoc on this country and taken away more liberty than um, than I could ever even spell out in an entire two hour show. And believe me, I've tried. I've tried because I've done a lot of shows on on the real background of the Bushes, not the fake background given by the Republican Party. They just want you to love them. And I don't know. I've never been able to understand it. Also, I just wanted to wish my husband a happy birthday. You know, this birthday is very special to me because of what we just went through in August. And he almost died. And looking at all of his inflammatory markers, if you're a medical person and the markers between 0.0 and 1.0, and you're supposed to be in that range of zero to one, my husband was at 26. That's how out of control his markers were. His markers really tell the tale that he should have been dead. But all we did was under treat and in the hospital, just do vitamins and budesonide. And he was fine in a day, really 24, 30 hours. He was, he was fine. And we could have walked out after that second day. And I look at him all the time and he hates it when I say this, but I'm like, I'm glad you're not dead. I'm glad that you're with me. And I truly mean that he is a gift and he's a good man, good man who I adore. And I I just love him completely. And I just want you guys to know, and, and I'm so sorry for all of you who have lost people due to hospital protocol and blamed on COVID. And I just really wanted to tell him happy birthday today because he means the world to me. And I can't imagine him not being around. So going through that experience and being that close to that, it's, uh, it really takes a toll, you know? And so I just wanted to wish him a happy birthday. So Melissa, on that crazy yeah. note, how are you? <laughs> I'm good and happy birthday to your husband. Uh, yes, I'm glad he's with us. I we we almost yeah. we could have lost him had we done what the hospital wanted us to do and it's really pathetic and and sad that they're doing it in the hospitals but they are, especially in my state. They they seem to like it. And so that's a problem. Um so Melissa, uh we have so yeah. much to cover today and we had such a wonderful conference. Do you want to tell people a little bit about your bird's eye view of the conference as you were there the whole time with all these 40 wonderful speakers that were there? Maybe 45 wonderful speakers that spoke to us about liberty. Well, walking away from the conference at the end, and and I had a long flight home. Mm-hmm. I had about, I was about 12 hours in transit getting home. So I had lots of time to think. <laughs> a lot of time. Uh, it's a long day. Go uh, ahead. <laughs> yeah, it was a long day, a long travel day coming home. But um, truly, it felt like a data dump into my head. Uh-huh. It's taken me a couple of days and several conversations to just begin to frame it up and organize it in my head. Like, what did all, what was, what were they all saying? Where's the common ground? What was everybody saying? And I think one of the most powerful things to me was something that um, Michael Flynn said. And it, it really has stuck with me. Mm-hmm. He said, and, and I, you'll probably remember this as well. He said, no, he said, I'm not here to give you all hope or to tell you things are going to be okay. What I want you to know is that it's time to stop complaining. Mm -hmm. No more excuses. No more blaming others. No more blaming D.C. No more blaming your state capital. It's time for us to engage, to take it all back one town, one county at a time. And, and it was a real call mm-hmm. to action. 
he said um, that we need, and many of the speakers said this over and over. It was, if, if you were listening, so many speakers said, now is the time to engage. We have to get out of our comfort zone. No more saying, you know, somebody else is going to do it. Mm-hmm. And the whole way home, I was thinking, well, when I get home, what am I going to do? What, how am I going to make a difference in my town? And not, not everybody, there were several people who said, you know, go out and run for school board, go out and run for, Mm -hmm. you know, a local office. That is not my thing. I don't want to do that. I don't want to be in that particular phrase. So what can I do then? And I think I've come up with a, my own kind of little solution. I'm beginning to gather some friends and I want to get us together and start whether we do a Hillsdale class on the constitution or whether we read a book together and discuss about American values or politics. But I think what I want to do is begin to, and general Flynn said this as well. It's time to network. Yeah. We've got to network. And I have not been very good at that. I mean, I I do have a little network, but I need to grow it. And I need to reach out to people that I hear and see that are thinking or just waking up, but have never really thought that this was their fight. Those are the people I want to find. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. It's a great point, actually. I mean, he really was about do something finally. And he's not talking about violence. He's talking about um, just, I think, overall, they've infiltrated everywhere. These people, these little communists that hate our country and hate everything we stand for. And they're in the minority. And so it makes it look like they're in the majority. They're not. And there's a lot of people that are winning right now. And I'll talk about that on Alex Jones tomorrow. There's a lot of people that are winning. But I think it's really about joining in to show the numbers because they've always had optics on their side because they, they own the media and they, and they get people feeling defeated. But when optics show up, when, when we as optics show up and people are allowed to see those pictures, remember the, the trains of people that showed up after the election, the cars that were just numerous on the road. Remember all the things that really and truly give you hope when you see a huge walkout at the hospitals, when you see huge walkouts of industry, Southwest in it, we call it, right? When you see all of this and people acting in number and doing even one thing, it's huge. It makes a big difference in the way people feel feel about the momentum? Well, one of the things that has really been difficult for me Mm -hmm. is that I feel alone so much. And Mm -hmm. I think COVID especially has helped to isolate people. And that has made my life kind of miserable because what that does in your head is you think, I'm all alone. Mm-hmm. I am completely surrounded by this so miserable news that comes at us all the time. Yeah. Every day there's some new crazy thing coming out of Biden's mouth. Mm-hmm. Every day there's some new crazy thing coming out of Fauci's mouth. And after a while, you just begin to feel beaten down and all alone. And that's really not the case. That was the thing. Being at the conference with 4,000 other people who think like I do, mm-hmm. it you begin to think, well, maybe I'm not alone. Right. There are really a lot of people, people fighting. Mm-hmm. There really are powerful mm-hmm. people who are doing the work. And 
I don't, another comment that was made, and I thought this was really powerful too. So I don't want to run for school board, but I can attend a school board mm-hmm. meeting. Right. And I have been doing that. That's something I've just recently started doing. I felt that I should be doing this for many years and just never like, there's always something going on. But I said, okay, this is time to be my priority. Mm-hmm. But the statement was made, and I don't remember now who said it, um, but the statement was made, eyes on the school board are enough to make them squirm a little. Yeah. yeah. I don't have to go and be the ringleader. I don't have to go and be the cheerleader. I don't have to go and make a speech. I don't have to run. But I do have to put my backside in a seat yep. and look at We'll them. be the domestic terrorists that show up, <laughs> right? Well, That's what know, they call us, a parents. terrorist to go sit and look. That's not being anything. Right. And but honestly, is, I mean, that's what they're calling they parents. They don't, they don't like that. Politicians don't like accountability. They don't like being held accountable to anybody. They want to operate in the dark. Mm-hmm. And putting eyes on them, it, it right. doesn't matter. Putting eyes on your county commissioners, putting eyes on your mayor, putting eyes on any of those politicians. Taking the time to show up and face them and say no. Yeah, that it means a lot. It means a lot because they will back down. Right now in America, if they get one letter from the minority in this country, from some weirdo leftist, they'll do what they want and they'll say, oh, I'm getting letters. But all it really means is I'm getting a letter. So when people show up, one person can make a huge dent because then it's people showing up and they realize, oh, wait a minute, I better back down. I better back off of this because they're watching and they know and they're right here facing me. Uh, We'll be right back. More with Melissa when we come back. Don't go anywhere. KateDallyRadio.com. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, and I'm here to tell you about my new product from MyPillow, towels that actually work. Watch this absorbency test. Here's another towel that we randomly went out and bought. Here's one of my towels with a nice design. I don't know if you can see this, but you could line a swimming pool with this. This is crazy. Get rid of it. Towels that actually work. The new MyPillow towels are exclusively made with 100% USA combed cotton with proprietary technology and with maximum absorbency. They dry you faster and are guaranteed to work. I'm interrupting this commercial right now. Retailers have canceled MyPillow. And to thank you for all your support, I'm going to pass the savings directly on to you. Go to MyPillow.com to get deep discounts on all MyPillow products. For example, you get my dog beds for as low as $19.99 or for a limited time you can get my six-piece towel sets regularly $109.99 now only $39.99 the lowest price ever with your promo code use kate k-a-t-e as the promo code or go to mypillow.com forward slash kate and get up to 75 percent off these towels are amazing so are the pillows so are the sheets everything else but oh my gosh the towels are amazing talk lines are open now Call 888-673-1450. This is the Kate Daly Show. And you start to freeze. And someone looks you right between the eyes. You're paralyzed. Hi there. I remember when this came out. I remember crowding around the TV. Uh, watching this because it was huge on MTV. Ooh, music videos. Uh, welcome back to the show. Make sure you get over to Balance of Nature. Balance of Nature is an incredible supplement, by the way. It's a whole food. It is. There's not too many like that. 
There really isn't that are that natural that don't have any pesticides or, or stuff on the vegetables or fruits. These, these fruits and vegetables are, are uh, prime. They are incredible. And then what they do is they dial those down to the nutrients and take out the air and water and then leave you with the nutrients of 31 fruits and vegetables a day, which I know you're not going to eat. This is a tremendous supplement. We'll take away all those blah days. You'll get a pep in your step, some energy. You'll um, uh, improve your immune system immediately. This thing is just fantastic. Balanceofnature.com. Every household should be have should have this. You should be taking this. You're going to notice a difference, and then you're never going to want to be without it. It is that good. It should be part of your grocery budget. It is amazing. And uh, if you put in the code Kate, you can get thirty five percent off, a whole third off. And it's guaranteed, so you can try it out. Not too many products like that. It's really that good. And uh, they'll ship it out immediately. You even have a free health coach. It's wonderful. Three veggie caps and three fruit caps, easy to take. And it's hard for me to take stuff. So when I say it's easy to take, I'm serious. It's really easy to take. Um, Anyway, balanceofnature.com. You got to get it. Um, Plus, we partnered with them, and they're amazing, amazing to this show. All right. uh, Melissa. Yeah. We're talking about the event. Yeah. Well, well I want to shift focus. So that okay. was that was one thing. I felt at the end of the at the end of the conference, I felt very energized, like, go and make a difference. I can do this. I can I don't have to slay dragons to make a difference. And several people said that. You know, f- the lo- the fight right now is really local. And as we take back our local scene, we will make an impact nationally. So how, where do we fight? The first place we fight is the local level. But the other group of people that really impressed me were the people who were talking about healthcare issues. And there were a lot of them. We heard from a lot of really top-notch people. Um, but there was a whole presentation there that kind of caught my attention about um, the healthcare system and and it was comparing like how god has created our bodies mm-hmm. to be healthy and whole and how our medical system is functioning now and the thing that that caught my attention and it's such a great thing to think about do we have a healthcare system or do we have a sick care system in the country today do we really have doctors that are telling us how to maintain our health and wellness? Are they really looking to get to the root cause of what our problems are? Or, and this is what I think I have seen over and over, do we have a health, Do is our medical system, I'm not going to call it the healthcare system, mm-hmm. do we have a system that has become big pharma, big medicine, is now invested in simply treating and managing disease because mm-hmm. it creates a whole class of return customers. It's a business. It's not about our health anymore. If we have, and, and the name of the game in, in America now is chronic illness, right? Mm-hmm. It's people with immune disorders, autoimmune problems. It's people with all kinds of you know obesity and diabetes, which are huge risk factors for COVID. While they're telling us all to take the jab, take the jab, take the jab, have you heard anybody say, take 50 pounds off? Right. So if we want to really deal with health and wellness, we're going to have to shift our thinking as citizens 
and and I had this conversation. I was texting my my husband on on my layover in Chicago, and I'm texting him. We really have to deal with our weight. We just really do. And I said we need to be weight partners. And when I'm reaching for the donut, you need to say, "Hey, let's go for a walk instead." And I need to do the same for him because we need to take charge of not our sickness, but our health and prevention. I've never been to a doctor. I, in fact, I did have that conversation with a doctor a while ago. I was like, I'd like to take some weight off. And he was like, oh, good for you. And I hmm. said, can you give me any advice on that? And he said, uh, no, maybe go join a fitness club. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was just very disinterested. Right. Hmm. So I, I thought that that was a really profound statement. We have a sick care system, not a health and wellness care system. Yeah, very, very true. They turned it into that in the low 1900s, actually. They were very, very uh, good at doing that. In fact, uh, we'll take a caller for you. Hi, caller. You're on with Melissa. Go right ahead. Yeah, in the two parts you talked about, I sometimes say about, you know, going back to the grassroots and everything. I think what we need to really focus on, and I'm doing that, and I'm talking to the other veterans out there, we've already taken an oath to defend and uphold the Constitution. And it's time for us to stand up and do it again. Mm-hmm. We may have to run for offices. We help those other veterans who are running for office, and that will make the difference. And we, again, can take do the job that we've already taken the commitment to do and do it. Mm-hmm. Other yep. thing about the pharmaceuticals, I like to quote Eisenhower and say, fear the pharmaceutical industrial complex, because that is the enemy now, like it was then when... The military contractors were basically overtaking the government. We now have pharmaceutical companies with so much lobbying they have done have overtaken our government Mm -hmm. in such a way that we will never be able to recognize health care, if you want to call it that, in the future compared to what it was. There you go. Thank you very much. Mm. Yeah, and, and I want to add something to that. Sure. At the conference, a friend shared a great quote. Kate, you'll remember this. Mm -hmm. Um, A quote about the revolutionary era women. Okay. And and I just want to read a a little snippet of this because I think this this is where we are again. It said, a great majority of American men at the opening of hostilities were yet loyal to the British crown and bent on resisting unjust and oppressive laws, which they attributed to the king's at advisors. The women, however, were rebels at heart. For them, the war of independence began with the guns of Concord and Lexington, not with the declaration at Philadelphia. Hmm. Um, It says here, it was an observant British officer who told Lauren Cornwallis at Charleston, we may destroy all the men in America and we shall still have all we can do to defeat the women. Because the women, right from the get-go, were taking pledges not to drink British tea. Mm -hmm. They were taking pledges not to wear British fashion. Mm -hmm. And so we think we don't have an impact. And and I'm not saying we, meaning women, but like your caller just said, we have, I myself as a federal employee at one time, I had to take that oath too. Mm -hmm. All federal employees take that oath. I've already committed myself to upholding the constitution. So am I doing that? Maybe I've gotten a little lax. Maybe I haven't really done. I need to find the fire of those women and that's 
why I think gathering some people together who are maybe on the bubble Mm -hmm. and helping infuse them with that fire could be very powerful. Think about how the the committees of correspondence from the Revolutionary War era, how they transmitted the message of independence and autonomy to one another, and they upheld and supported each other. Right. It wasn't everybody during the revolution. It was only about a third of the country that were really kind of committed to the cause of liberty. Do we have a third of the country now that are willing to stand? I think we have people who verbally are agreeing Mm-hmm. But we've got to quit the, with the verbal stuff and start moving it into action. Well, we amen. have to get up, oh, yeah. turn our freaking TV off and, you know, put our cell phones down and go to the school board meeting. Right. We got to no, do it. True. Um, it's very true. It's it's the time for action. You know, we always thought that we push the lever and we go vote and get the sticker, you know, once a year and that that was our duty. We, we were sold on this by the media. That's your duty. Go vote. All you have to do is go vote. You don't have to be, you don't have to be apprised of the issues. You do not have to invest any more time than that. All you have to do is just worry about the little voting mechanism um, once a year, a couple times a year. And that was it. And we bought into that for decades. And look where, look where we've landed now. Look at all the power they've amassed because we've been raising our families and, and not really earning this liberty, but basically just living off the gift of it. And, uh, and I, I told people also in my speech, you know, God can't perform a miracle in your life. If you're not willing to sacrifice, if you're not willing to do something that's uncomfortable, how in the world can a miracle happen? So every time anyone says, well, we have to, our country needs to get back to God and everybody always goes, yeah, we need to pray more. Well, we do need to pray more. But we also need to do something because we can't just expect him to step in and do it all. And uh, he can't. There's no way to perform miracles with that. That's why the founding fathers laid it all on the line is because had they just said, we're just going to pray more and hope that the British retreat. Well, we wouldn't have had the country. We wouldn't have had the Constitution. We wouldn't have had this this uh, version of liberty that showed up, right? Uh, we fought for it. We had to lay it on the line, and then a miracle miracles happened in that revolutionary war that we were never supposed to win. So, well, exactly, and there were miracles that happened. Yeah, there have been miracles throughout American history, and we just don't have the eyes to see them, and they've been abolished from our curriculums in school. So, I think you're right. Miracles happen when people act. Yeah. Because that's the only way. And for me, I mean, it's a matter of my saying literally in prayer, what I am saying is, what is it that I need to do? Right. And, and that's the prayer we should all be having. What is it that we need to do? What can I do in my community? What can I do? And something else that General Flynn said that I thought was really powerful was the first person that we hold accountable is the person in the mirror. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. we're, we're asking for our politicians, like, hold, hold our politicians accountable. But we're not accountable. We need to become the people that we want the country to be. And we have lost so much of those American values that it's hard. It's a, it's, it's a fight constantly in my own home to... That's, you know, that's not how America is, guys. That's not it. Well, that's how everybody else is. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't matter. Right. 
you know, we need to be the people we, we want the country to be. So we need to be the George Washingtons. We need to be the Patrick Henrys. We need to be the Abigail Adams. We need to be the founding fathers and founding mothers again. Mm-hmm. And they were not just sitting at home, hanging out on Facebook and crying in their tea. Right. They weren't. They were active. They were organizing themselves. They were organizing other people. They were making networks of friends that could support the cause in whatever way they could. So that's what we need to do. And I really did feel that. And, you know, it's been interesting being home for a couple of days. And I came home thinking, yo, I'm, I was just on fire. I'm going to do these great things. And then, and then I can feel the creep back into my life, like, oh, it's just useless because the country is so far gone. So that we have to fight that too. Mm-hmm. We have to fight against because I think there are voices that want us to be discouraged, that want us to believe that we're all alone, that want us to believe that the momentum is moving the other direction. And I don't believe that. Yeah. Be right back. More with Melissa. She's got a story for you. So hang out for a moment. Be right back. Kate Daly Show. Hi, this is Kate, and I just wanted to let you know about a new product that I fell in love with, and I want you to have it too, and you can get a special deal on it right now. It's a wonderful sanitizer that really cleans, hospital grade, they use electricity to do it, and it's really natural, and it's not sticky, it doesn't have alcohol in it, it's just an amazing new product, and it's concentrated, so you actually get tons of bottles of it for a really low price and it stores well for prepping. So I would highly recommend this and get it while you can. Um, Instead of $250, you can grab it for 44 bucks. This is at the bottom of my homepage. You can find the the little ad on on the bottom of my homepage, katedallyradio.com. Click on it. You'll love this product. We need a new kind of clean. To do that, Clean Start combines two of nature's most powerful forces, water and electricity, to produce electrolyzed water, or HOCL. HOCL is your body's first internal response after an infection or trauma. In fact, it's significantly more effective at killing bacteria, viruses, mold and mildew than bleach or other household cleaners. Clean Start's globally patented tablet-based hand sanitizer turns any quart of tap water into FDA-approved alcohol-free hand sanitizer and registered wound care solution to a new kind of clean. Clean Start. Lines are open now. Call 888-673-1450. This is the Kate Daly Show. Fleeting madness takes its toll. But listen closely. Not for very much longer. I've got to keep control. Welcome back. A little time warp. <laughs> A little time warp for you. 
What a weird movie that was. <laughs> anyway, um, I welcome you back. And of course, make sure you get over to MyPillow, MyPillow.com. And uh, they are fantastic. In fact, partnered with the show. What an amazing partner to have in Mike Lindell because he really cares about the truth. His staff cares about the truth. I message forth back and forth with his staff all the time. And I'm just telling you, they are the biggest group of patriots you'll ever meet. That's what they really care about. They also care about making sure that they represent super good products. And I mean fantastic products. You cannot beat it. And their towels, if you don't have their towels, you need to get them. They're that good. I would not tell you to go get something unless I had it myself and and thought it was amazing. The towels, the sheets, the pillows, everything. You can get up to 75% off right now. It's a killer deal. I mean, my gosh. Don't you just love those deals when it's like almost all off, like 75% off? Put in the code Kate, K-A-T-E, or go to MyPillow.com forward slash Kate and get the deals right now. You're going to love these products and they last forever and they wash well. I mean, I can't even believe the sheets come out perfect every single time. I've never had sheets do that. So go get, go get these products, the robes, the loungewear. It's so silky soft. I mean, the, the pill, the slippers, the dog beds, there's something for everybody. Go to mypillow.com and just look at how much is there. Mypillow.com and it supports this show in truth and radio. And I thank you for it. Um, okay, Melissa, I cannot wait to hear a story. Okay. This is my all time most favorite of all favorites of Civil War ghost stories. Don't we all love a ghost story, right? Mm -hmm. And Gettysburg is a haunted place, in case you didn't know. Um, So let's dial back the clock. We're going to go back in the Wayback Machine. Gettysburg happens June, or excuse me, July 1st through 3rd of 1863. Just to kind of set the stage, there were 165,000 soldiers gathered at Gettysburg for that battle. It's the largest land battle ever to have happened on American soil. At the end of those three days, there would be 11,000 people dead, 29,000 wounded, and 10,000 missing. That's 10 times the number of American casualties as D-Day. This was a big battle. So on July 1st, a regiment called the 20th Maine under the uh, colonelship, the the colonel of the 20th Maine was a man named Joshua Lawrence Chamberlain. He was a very well-educated man. He was a professor of rhetoric and um, modern languages at Bowdoin College in Maine. He was the colonel. Um, The 20th Maine had just taken, just previous to this, a very serious hit at the Battle of Fredericksburg. And they had been pretty soundly thumped, and they were very demoralized. Um, But they get the word on July 1st, the battle is already on, and they were somewhere in the vicinity of Washington, D.C. And so they get orders that they are to report to Gettysburg, this little town in Pennsylvania, and away they go. They're, They're at a double quick march. And they're they're marching all of January or January, July the first, mm-hmm. and into the night. They can hear the guns firing in the distance. They know what they're headed to, and they're not thrilled about it. Um, they get to a fork in the road, and there, there's a whole column of regiments moving toward Gettysburg, and they're part of that. But 
at the fork in the road, the officers all kind of gathered together and they don't know which road to take. They didn't have accurate maps. They didn't know, do we go to the left or to the right? Um, here is a quote from the regimental story here. It says, at the turn of the road, a staff officer with an air of authority told each colonel as he came up that General McClellan was in command again and riding ahead of us on the road. It was not true, however. McClellan was not on the road ahead of them, and he was not back in command. So at the fork of the road, as they sat there and discussed, which way do we go, which way do we go, suddenly it was a, it was a bright moon, and the clouds parted, and the men that were gathered at that fork in the road claimed to have seen a horseman wearing an old-fashioned coat and an old-fashioned tricornered hat. He was mounted on this magnificent white horse. The The rider of the horse went down one of the roads and turned to the men and never said anything, but beckoned to them to follow. Mm-hmm. And so rumors spread down the line that this rider on the horse was none other than the ghost of General George Washington, who was guiding them to make sure that they would get to the battle on time. That story was reported in multiple regiments that were on the road that night. And that rumor alone was enough to give these kind of battle-hardened and weary soldiers enough of a kind of a tailwind to get them, you know, it, it just encouraged them enough that they had found the last of their strength to push on to Gettysburg. So Chamberlain and his men arrive at Gettysburg after having done this horrific march the night before, well into the night. They arrive early in the morning of July the 2nd, and Chamberlain and the 20th Maine was sent to the top of a position called Little Round Top. It's a little knoll on the battlefield, and it was the anchor point of the entire federal line. Um, Chamberlain was given orders you and your men must hold your ground at all costs. That's a that's a pretty big, tall order for guys that have been yeah. on the march all that time. Mm. The Confederate troops were being led by a general named uh, John Bell Hood, mm-hmm. and they were all entrenched around at, at the bo- at the base of Little Round Top. So as Chamberlain's men came from the fortified federal position up to the top of Little Round Top, Mm -hmm. they knew that they were surrounded essentially on three sides at the base of this little knoll Mm -hmm. with Confederate troops. And on July the 2nd, the, the, the battle begins for them at Little Round Top. And Hood sent wave, they would, he would send a wave of soldiers up the hill. Now, Chamberlain is holding the hill top, so he has an advantage but he would send a wave of guys up and Chamberlain's men would chase them back down the hill. And then they would regroup, regather, and oh, up the hill they come again, two, three, four times up and down. Up the, the battle moves up and down this hill. It's very steep. We've I've been there. My kids reenacted this whole scene, and it's this very steep hill. It's it's a difficult, it's a little bit of a difficult terrain. Chamberlain said. At times I saw around me more of the enemy than of my own men, 
gaps opening, swallowing and closing again with sharp energy. All around, strange shouts of defiance and desperation, and underneath, stifled moans, gasping prayers, whispered of loved ones' names. Everywhere, men torn and broken, staggering, and dead faces with strange fixed eyes staring into the sky. Things which cannot be told nor dreamed. It's at this moment that, again, the rider on the white horse appeared to them. He came from nowhere, dressed in the same antique costume, and he rode along the line there at Little Round Top, encouraging them to hold their position. Everywhere it passed, the men said that they picked up, it gave them courage and hope to continue the fight. And more importantly, the rebels seem to have seen the apparition as well because a number of them tried to fire at it, thinking that it was a un- the Union commander of the position. Despite their attempts, no bullet had an effect, and soon the Phantom Rider um, just, the, the rebels were just like, we don't get what that's about, and they, they quit. Mm-hmm. However, at this point in the battle... This has been raging for several hours now. At this point in the battle, Joshua Lawrence Chamberlain is informed that his men have no more ammunition. He's been told to hold the line at all costs. Not able to withstand another charge from the Confederate troops, Chamberlain did one of the most amazing things in Civil War history. He told his men, fix bayonets, which they had no ammunition. So he said, put your bayonets on and we're going to go down the hill. So they have the advantage of coming down toward the Confederates. They sat and waited for the Confederates to make their next charge up the hill. And in a screaming rage, the 20th Maine came running down the hill with their bayonets and no ammunition. It was so shocking and surprising to the Confederates that... um, It broke their line. During that charge, some of the men said that the horsemen stood at the front of the line, beckoning them to follow. The rays of the afternoon sun made his upraised sword look as if it were on fire. And these guys followed the phantom horsemen with only their bayonets down the hill directly into enemy fire. Like I said, the Confederate line broke. The 20th Maine had been successful in holding the day. The Confederates retreated off of Little Round Top, and they did not come back again. They, that was the end of that engagement, and they were able to hold the line, and this is critically important. After the war was over, Secretary of War Edwin Stanton took the rumors of George Washington's ghost seriously enough Um that he mounted an investigation and they called some of the soldiers to provide testimony about it. The findings were never published, but those records still do exist. At the dedication of the monument to the 20th Maine that sits at the top of Little Round Top today, Chamberlain said, and listen, this is so inspiring. He said, we were beckoned on by the vision of destiny. Every man felt that he gave himself to and belonged to, belonged to something beyond time and beyond place, something which could not die. In great deeds, something abides. On great fields, something stays. Forms change and pass, 
bodies disappear, but the spirits linger to consecrate the ground of the vision place of souls. And reverent men and women from afar and generations that know us not and that we know not of, heart drawn to see where and by whom great things were suffered and done for them, shall come to this deathless field to ponder and dream. And lo, the shadow of a mighty presence shall wrap them in its bosom, and the power of that vision shall pass into their souls. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Chamberlain wow. was a great writer. Wow. Later on, when Chamberlain was very old, he was approached by an interviewer who asked him about the truth of the ghostly appearance of George Washington. This is Chamberlain's reply, and this is a direct quote from him. He said, yes, that report was circulated through our lines, and I have no doubt that it had a tremendous effect in inspiring the men. Doubtless it was a superstition, but who among us can say such a thing was impossible? We know not what mystic power may be possessed by those who are now bivouacking with the dead. I do believe we were enveloped by the powers of that other world that day, and who can say that Washington was not among the number of those who aided the country that he founded. Wow. My favorite ghost story. I love of all that. And inspirational, you know? I, I mean, know. I, we need that right now. We need to know we're not alone. We need to know a lot of people are fighting out there. We need to know about, about the spirit of the American people. And I love this. I love that. Thank you it for was, sharing that. It was a, whether, whether it was a true thing or a rumor, those men at Little Round Top were in a hard spot. And they took courage from the knowledge that those who had preceded them were there with them. And I think that is the message for us. I think we need that message more than anything. We need to think back. Those of us that have a heart for those patriots that have, whether they're civil war or, or revolutionary war, or even World War II, we need to know that they are with us and they care as we care about what's going to happen in the country. Amen, Melissa. It's a powerful story. <laughs> Amen, sister. Thank you so much for that. Happy Halloween. Kate. That was fantastic. Thank you very, very much. Thank you very, very much. That was great. Needed to hear it. And uh, on with Susan. Be right back. Hey, Daly Show. Don't go anywhere. Thank you, Melissa. Be right back. <laughs> 